0: from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 1, reading from verses 15 to 23. Ephesians chapter 1, 15 to 23, and it can be found on page 1173 of the Bibles uh, beside your seats. That's not Paul. (laughs) Paul. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. This is the word of the Lord.
1: from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 1 to 7. It finds on page 108.2 of your Bibles if you're following it or up on the screen. Jesus speaking to his disciples just before his death. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. My father's house are many rooms, if it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well, and from now on you do know him and have seen him. Let's pray for Fran. Come, Holy Spirit, now we pray, and release for us wisdom and knowledge that we may know you better. Would you empower Fran to speak to us? Just open his mouth to speak your word, your holy, true, and living word to us. Open our ears that we may hear you, and open our hearts that we may respond. With integrity and with honesty, with courage, with commitment, with love and with joy. Come, come, Holy Spirit, speak to us now, we pray. Amen.
2: Good evening, everyone. Sorry if you've been short-changed, I, apparently I wasn't supposed to be preaching tonight, but I got it wrong, I was supposed to be leading and Mike was supposed to be preaching. But anyways, hopefully I've um, I prepared what God's um, placed in my heart and um, hopefully it would be a blessing to you guys as well and hopefully you don't feel short-changed. Um, so let me take you back to, um, back to the future, back to 1983. Who can remember? I know some of you here weren't even born in 1983. Um, but for me, I was, I was 13 years old, um, I, com- I com- came from East London, I went to school in Poplar. I, f- I was thinking about, I looked on the internet, what was, what was the music in 1983? Culture Club, Come a Chameleon, we can start singing that, but it would be terrible. Um, Paul Young, Everywhere I Lay My Hat, that was another hit, and David Bowie, what was his hit in 1983, can anyone, no, it was about a little girl, she was a little China girl, oh, yeah. my little China girl. I, I searched the internet for some, for some good news, but there weren't much good news really in 1983. Oh, oh, that's fantastic news. Well done, Jeanette. (coughs) We thank you for Ellie. Look at that spring chicken she is. But there was a bit of good news. Jaws. Who remembers Jaws? Well, Jaws came out in 3D in 1983. Who remembers the the glasses, the horrible um, cardboard glasses? And they just didn't have the technology for 3D. It just never worked. So I take you back to 1983, and for me, I was 13, I was at school, and our friends, we had a group of friends, we had hopes, we had big dreams, big dreams of fast cars, of money, of, uh, of success. And then one day, all of our hopes and dreams were gone, as we witnessed our best friend being killed on Commercial Road in East London, on our way home from school. Do you know, all of our hopes, all of the dreams that we had together, all of the hopes that Dennis had were gone. You know, as we stood there and as we we looked at Dennis, speechless, You know, all the dreams I had, all the dreams that we had. They were insignificant. It doesn't matter anymore. <coughs> Instead, they were filled with tears, of big questions, of, of is there? Is what's the point in dreaming? What is the point of having hope, when hope can be taken away? in an instant, when life can so easily go. What's the point in having hope? I asked myself as a 13-year-old boy. We went to a, um, a Catholic school, and it was, a, it was a failing school. It failed me and it failed many of the pupils who went there. Do you know, in our days, if it was failing, it would be turned into an academy. But instead, it was failing so badly, they bulldozed it. But thankfully, they kept the church, which was attached to the school. And that's where we said goodbye to Dennis. That's where we went for his funeral. And I remember the Catholic priest. He was talking about Dennis and about the dreams that Dennis had and the hopes that he had. Remember thinking, what hope is there? What hope is there for, for us? What hope is there for Dennis as he was in a box in front of me? And then, for the first time, the priest said something to me that changed my life. He said that, yes, Dennis was gone from this life, but he was with his father, he was with his dad in eternity. And something else he said to me, what's come to mind as I've been thinking about preparing for this talk, is he talked of the hope. As a 13-year-old kid, where is the hope in death? But I sat there and I listened, and he talked of an eternal hope, an eternal hope for Dennis, that he would be with his father. And he talked of the hope that we could carry, the many memories that we had, and the dreams that live on, in our lives and Dennis's family life. And for me, it was the first time I found hope in a really hopeless place. So I wonder, just as an icebreaker, why don't you turn to the person next to you and uh, you have to be quick because we haven't got all night. You can ask a really deep question is, is when was the first time you found real eternal hope? Or you could just ask, what are your hopes for this week? So just just spend a few minutes just um, just chatting and I'll give you a big, um, big question. Sorry, a bit deep for a Sunday evening. So this evening we are looking at um, Ephesians, and Ephesians is a great book to read. It's only six um, chapters, and it's a real encouragement. I really love the book of Ephesians. It's um, Paul writes the letter to the church in Ephesus and Paul begins his letter to the Ephesians with a a powerful reminder that Jesus died on the cross and rose again. He goes on to teach us that Christ brought Jews and Gentiles together, breaking down the walls of hatred that separated It goes on to say that we're all united and there is one Lord and there is one Spirit and there is one God that we call our Father, our Dad. So I've got two points for tonight. My first point is hope in serving. Hope in serving the poor. Many of you know Tony Smith. He, um, for those of you who don't know him, he's struggled for years with alcohol addiction. And um, many of us have been involved with him personally. Some of you guys here have sat with him in reception, you've made him tea, you've listened listened to him for hours on end. You've been there and you've cared for him when he's been hurting. Some of you here have delivered meals to him. Some of you here have paid for a room for the night for him. Some of you here have washed his feet, cut his toenails. You know, Mike supported him while he was grieving for his his pet dog. And you know, I spent a lot of time with Tony and sometimes just thought there is no hope in you Tony there is no way you're going to get through and come on come out the other side being free of alcohol but praise the Lord you know seven months on he's free of alcohol you watched the video a couple of weeks ago of Tony when I went to visit him in Bournemouth and he's doing fantastic and it's through prayer it's through professionals but it's it's through the body of Christ us as a community standing by him, loving him. And that's what Paul is saying in in this letter. And sometimes, shamefully, I thought Tony was a hopeless case. I thought there was no hope of him being free of alcohol. And then I was reminded by Jesus that yes, he is struggling. And yes, you may think that there's no hope for him. But I have great hopes for Tony. And I was reminded that In his brokenness, he is still a son of the King of Kings. He's still my brother. He's still your brother. You know, as a church, it's amazing, isn't it? Friday night, we open God's house. It's called Friday Fridge. We open it to the lost and to the broken. We open the doors and we welcome them. They come as they are. When you came tonight, you were welcomed. Someone welcomed you at the door. You were offered a cup of tea, a coffee, a chocolate biscuit. You were welcomed. We're all part of God's family. If one of us is sick, you get visited at home. If you're in hospital, people come and visit you. That's showing God's love. If you're sick, people deliver food to your house. That's the body of Christ working together. what the book of ephesians is all about showing the love of jesus you know as as part of our youth group we went to a homeless shelter we took our young people there and this homeless shelter it's called hope house it's a beautiful name and we went there we took them food and we served them and we sat with them and we just loved them and you know what i could see the smiles on the people who live there. See the smiles on their faces as we came from the outside, as young people came in and served them and just, and just had a good old laugh, you know, telling jokes and having fun. And it, for the young people, it was the first time they experienced poverty and what it means to be without a home. And on the way home, one of the guys shared with me just how we'd been moved, been moved to tears. For that experience. He said to me, I'm never going to take my house for granted again. Never. That's just some examples of how we serve the poor and serve God's people in our community. And here Paul is writing an encouraging letter to the church, to the Ephesians. And I think he's talking to us, he wants to encourage us. He could be talking to us right now in the scriptures. He said, I've heard about Friday Fridge. I've heard about the church is open Monday to Friday, that you welcome people in. I've heard that you visit the sick and you care for the poor. And I'm really pleased with that. That's what he's saying to the church in in Ephesus. I've heard that you love God's people so much that you want to serve them and serve them. And he's so grateful to the church of of the Ephesians because they're encouraging and they're serving. And it's so so encouraging today. 2,000 years on, not much has changed. We're still serving the poor. We're still bringing hope to the hopeless. And in some way, we all play our part, don't we? We all serve God's people. A bit more interaction. Why don't you turn to the person again next to you and and just say what way you serve God's people. What way you serve the poor. What way you serve the people in your community, in your workplaces. What way do you show God's love and God's hope? So just share with each other. And I really, after you you share, I really want you to be like Paul and just encourage one another. Just say, you guys are doing such an amazing job. Keep it up. Do more. Keep it up. Can you do that for me? Just go and share with each other. Paul was doing, he was encouraging the church. I think it's really good that we encourage each other because so often we can be discouraged. And my second point is hope. Not the hope that the world <coughs> talks about, but this hope in God that you were chosen. My God, that's hope. When we read about hope in this passage, it's not the hope... Sorry. Sorry, Steve. It's not the hope that Pompey will win the cup again. Although that's not a bad thing. But that's, the, that's, that's not the hope the Bible's talking about. Oh, I apologise to you again. It's not the hope that Southampton will go down, Steve. That's not the hope that the Bible is talking about. No, no, of course you... wouldn't. And it's, um, it's not the hope that you're going to get a pay rise. Hope is not a feeling or an emotion. Hope is the knowledge of facts. If someone says, Mike, I really hope you have a fantastic day tomorrow, there's no guarantee that's going to happen. There's no guarantee. Then we read in verse 18, Paul's prayer. Is that the light of Jesus will flood your hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that you would understand that the hope that is given to you when I chose you, when I chose you. As a follower of Jesus, your definition of hope is far greater than it is of the world instead of wishing or hoping for something to happen, as a Christ follower, your hope is solid. Your hope's in the Bible. Your hope is concrete. It's grounded in the word of God. And we know that God has chosen you by name. He's chosen Ruth by name. He's chosen Joss by his name. He knew them before they were born. He's chosen Jeanette, Louis. He's chosen you by name. He's chosen every one of us here. He calls us by name. That's hope, knowing that we are chosen by the King of Kings, by the Saviour of the world. And then in John 14, verse 2, Jesus tells us that He's going, going ahead of us, and He's preparing a place for us individually, personally. He's preparing a place. Maybe for Louis, He's preparing you a place where the waves are endless. The waves are endless. Maybe for Mike, it's a place where, where the waves are calm and the wind's good, where he can go sailing. And it's floor to ceiling of books and classical music and red wine. He knows you. He's chosen you. He's preparing a place, a special place for you. For Steve, he's preparing a special place where it's full of Pompey fans, full of bass guitars. You see, he, cho- he chooses you and he knows you. And he goes before you. But for us to have this eternal hope, we need to know our identity in Christ. Who are we? And Ephesians is great for this. Ephesians, four, Ephesians 1, verse 4, we are holy and blameless and covered with God's love. Ephesians 1, 5 and 6, we are adopted as God's children. Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece. We are God's art, work of art. Ephesians 3.6, we share in the promise in Christ. And there's, there's plenty of hope in Romans. Romans is full of hope. Here's what I want you to take home tonight. Here's what I want you to take away. Here's the idea of how to apply this hope in your everyday life next week and it's in the form of a challenge for you guys for me as well your ears are perked up now aren't they and this week the challenge is that you bring jesus the hope of the world into your workplaces into your families not to walk past a homeless guy on the street but to stop and offer him some hope, to offer him Jesus. You know, how many of us encourage Mike? How many of us show hope to Mike? You know, I I don't know many church leaders, but I know a few, and they tell me, Monday mornings, their inbox is full of, of moans and groans. Service went on too long, isn't it, Mike? It's full of discouragement. When was the last time you encouraged Mike? When was the last time you encouraged him? When was the last time you shared hope with Mike? How about this week? How about his inbox is filled up with hope, with encouragement for our leader? It's a challenge, isn't it? It's a challenge to me. Because so often we don't encourage our leaders. When we're walking down the street, do we stop and do we encourage the policemen, police men and women? Do we say, guys, you're doing a great job in a difficult city? Do we offer them hope? Do we offer them encouragement? You know, for us when we go shopping, for us it's Liddles. For you it might be Waitrose or Asda. But do you offer hope to the guys Stacking the shelf. The guy on the checkout. Do you bring Jesus with you? They need that hope. I'm just going to read verse 18. It's just a slightly different version in my Bible. You can follow me in yours. My prayer is that light will flood your hearts and you will understand the hope, then you will discover the glorious blessings that will be yours together with all of God's people. Maybe you're here tonight. And maybe you feel hopeless. Maybe you've been hurt too many times. And maybe you just can't face my challenge. And Joe, you know, that's okay. But I believe that Jesus wants to meet with you. Tonight Jesus wants to know that you belong. Tonight that Jesus wants to know that you are his hope. And that he loves you. And that he's never doubted you. He's never lost hope in you. Or maybe you're here tonight and you have this hope. You have the hope of the gospel. You have the hope of Jesus in your heart. But you lack the courage to share. I just want to pray for you now. We do this in the kids' groups. So it's just a little confession. So we we tell the kids, you wash your hands. You just wash your hands and you wash away your sins. This is what Jesus does. He washes away all the dirt and he makes you clean. And then you hang your hands out to dry. And you receive Jesus. And I just want to pray for you now. For those of you who are feeling hopeless. For those of you who don't have the hope of Jesus in your life. You don't have the hope of foundation. I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come now. And would you fill everybody with the hope of eternal life, with the hope of Jesus, fire of God, would you come now, Holy Spirit? Would they know that they are loved? Would they know that you are their hope? Would they know that you have chosen them by name and that you have an amazing plan? And if you're here tonight and you are feeling like you have this hope, I just want to pray for confidence for you. Confidence that you could spread this hope. That you could, you're, you're carrying this hope, that you could release this hope and you could share this hope, you could share the good news of Jesus. So Holy Spirit, thank you that you've implanted the seed of hope in our heart. But Lord, it's no good if it just kept in our hearts, Lord. It needs to come out. And Lord, I pray by your Holy Spirit, Lord, by your mighty power, that you would release hope from our hearts, Lord. That you would release us and that we'd speak boldly of you. Release the fire of evangelism, Lord. And release our hearts so that we can speak boldly of the hope we have in You. Amen.